Good evening, coach. Um, <clears throat> just kind of curious as to, um, you know, how, how much of Arizona state have you kind of looked at from a defensive perspective and, and what challenges do they present in your, in your estimation? Um, we, our entire defensive staff has looked at every game they played this year and last year. And then we went back, um, the offensive coordinator has a history at Boise State, and so we actually have um, experience there facing some of his philosophies. Things change for everybody over the course of a season, uh, much less a couple of years, but there are some consistencies. Um, the things that schematically give us issues are the number of formations and shifts and, and motions. And um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a good balance between vertical play and horizontal play by the offense. They attack you both ways. And, um, and, then, and then from a personnel standpoint, Arizona State has a lot of speed, a lot of a dynamic ability. That all starts with the, the backfield, their quarterback and their running back. And, and they've got good players, uh, you know, at, really at every position. It's a major challenge for us. Okay, let's go Jared and then Sean. Hey, Ed, I wanted to kind of talk philosophically about the defense because it seems like you and, you know, the staff has been building up to a point where you can be a little bit more aggressive. What's made the difference that has allowed you to, to kind of call more blitzes and, and be more aggressive uh, up front? Yeah, the, the recruitment and development of man-to-man -man players um, in, the, in the secondary, that's the, you know, that's if, if you're going to be, Aggressive. There's just really not a way to be aggressive with uh, zone defenses if, if aggression is blitz. And, and sometimes, you know, as coaches, we, we, we have to consider, you know, how we want to be aggressive. You know, flooding the backfield is one way to be aggressive. Flooding the defensive backfield is another way to be aggressive against the forward pass. And there's been times we had to do that. But right now we feel like we're at a really good place with our corners and their ability to match up man-to-man -man safeties as well. Uh, linebackers that can bring pressure and defensive line that are stout and, and uh, are getting better and better. Some of those young guys and their pass rushing abilities. So I think it's, you know, a good, a good coach, probably in any sport, I would imagine just does what their players can do best. How much fun is it to be able to have those options this year? Because you guys have, have dialed up a lot of blitzes. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, that, that I know players like to be, you know, challenged uh, to, to play as much one-on-one um, -on -one as they can, to be as aggressive as they can, to create as much havoc as they can. And so it's fun to be able to put them in systems where, um, you know, where you feel like you're, 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 we're giving them, we're showing them that we have confidence in their ability to win one-on-one -on -one matchups. Uh, Coach, that was actually almost exactly the question I was going to ask you as well was about that pressure because I, I think it was Peyton the other day or it might have been so one of the two was talking about how pressure in a lot of ways we see it in the front seven, um, but it starts in the back. So much of it starts in the backfield. Is, is that just kind of you think what they were talking about with with pressure really starting in the backfield was being able to contain the backfield in man to man coverage or or can there maybe even be a little bit more where the defensive backfield kind of gets involved in, in pressure, whether that's sacks and tackles for loss or even just, you know, passing game pressure like you were talking about. Yeah, it's, it certainly can be. Um, it, just, it just becomes a question of, again, what can the players do? And so how many guys on the field are capable of covering? You know, it's always kind of 
as, as a coach, sometimes we, you get questions, maybe just hanging out at the grocery store or hanging out at a family reunion and, Hey, why don't you double cover so-and-so? And then it's like, eh, well, if we double cover that guy, then who do we not cover? You know? And well, if we, if we bring the, all these secondary guys in the blitzes, then who has to cover these so talented wide receivers out there on the edge? So it's really just a matter of taking a look at the, you know, 15, 16, 17 guys that come through the rotation and, and are, you know, that we consider our best, our best group of players and then, and then doing as much as we possibly can with them, being as aggressive as we possibly can. And I think, you know, I think, I think Coach Tuiaki has been doing that really for six years. And, and what you're seeing here is all, it's all about players. It's player-centric. There's not, there's not a pressure, there's not a blitz that we've run in the last two weeks that hasn't been in our playbook since day one when we got together six years ago. All right, Mitch and then Shep. Coach, we, we hear the, uh, the phrase, you know, you improve the most from week one to week two. Now that the first two weeks are in the books, where did the defense and special teams, for that matter, maybe improve the most from that week one to week two from your film study? Well, I've, I, um, it was good to get Jake Oldroyd back in, in the kicking game. You know, Justin Smith stepped in and did a nice job there um, against Arizona. But, uh, you know, Jake, from the kickoff standpoint, was able to give us uh, a little bit more hang time and distance. And, and uh, so we were able to go down and, and uh, cover kicks a little bit better and keep their kickoff return game from being much of a factor. And then, um, you know, the, uh, the punt, I thought we regressed a little bit. I got to give credit, of course, to, to Utah and their ability to return punts. And, and uh, they did a great job of blocking up some things. Uh, Ryan Rico, I've got to do a better job with him. He's a real weapon, and, and we could have done some things to negate that. Um, it, it, you guys, if I remember right, you asked the question about special teams and defense. Yeah, if you could okay. share some yeah. inside defense too. Uh, the kickoff return and the punt return weren't much of a factor in the game uh, for us from our return standpoint. And then, and then defensively, I, I feel like the guys are playing with a lot of confidence in each other right now. And that's, you know, I, I think some of the previous questions I've been answered allude to that as well from a, from a coach to player standpoint, but I think our players are gaining a lot of confidence in each other and that helps to them to play aggressive and play one 11th football. And in fact, uh, we were, we were disappointed. A, a, a large chunk of the yardage that we gave up the other night was just uh, some mental errors where maybe we weren't playing one 11th football. We were trying to do too much and play outside the system. And, and this weekend, the uh, one of the teams that you were part of as a player 1996 squad is going to be honored over the weekend. I know you're going to be preparing for the game and you're not going to probably have much time to uh, really celebrate with those guys, but they're all coming into town. Maybe just can you reflect on maybe the, the legacy that that 96 team has had on, on BYU football and, and maybe your relationship with those guys over the years? Oh yeah, that's, you know how it is. We uh, play alongside guys like that and then are able to accomplish something special. And um, you know, many of the guys I'm still, in touch with uh, regularly others it's it, it's kind of interesting maybe not to see somebody for 10 years and then and then see someone out of function and it's uh it's like we you know there was never any break in the in the conversation and so it's it's uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing the guys get back here there's that legacy that uh you know byu is always going to have we've got several of my former teammates sons and and nephews on this team and um, that's always a family affair at BYU. And uh, of course, you know, to be able to, to see some of those guys this, uh, this Saturday and hopefully give them something to cheer about. That's, um, you know, that's very important to me. Thanks. 
Coach, are, are there enough similarities between Jaron and Jaden Daniels that in terms of preparation, uh, going against Jaron helps you against a quarterback like Jaden Daniels in terms of trying to keep him in the pocket and keep that containment? Of course, yeah, we see that, uh, you know, for years now um, working against Jaron. And, you know, whether it's spring practice or a chunk of um, – a, a chunk of fall camp and then on a day-to-day basis during the season we don't we don't match up uh you know a travel squad against travel squad offense defense very often but we do it for maybe 10 15 even 20 minutes uh, per day and we have always had to have some running quarterback packages in the in the defense and it's and and fortunately we've always had a few guys that can do that starting you know with Taysom the first year we were here and and on down there's always been somebody that can help prepare us for the game day when we have that uh, challenge thanks coach all right last question jay hey ed uh, you just mentioned the legacy players and uh, players on your team now with with fathers that played is that prevalent, more prevalent at BYU in your experience than other schools, or is that just kind of pretty commonplace? Well, it sure is for me, but uh, but also, you know, coaching at BYU has been a real blessing for me. I've been at some other schools that don't have a strong tradition, so I wonder if, it, you know, if it's – if it's all at BYU, if it's all the church affiliation and the fact that, you know, young men often want to go up, uh, grow up wanting to come to BYU for the, the chance to live their, you know, spiritual lives in the way that they envision. But I've got to think part of it, too, is just the, the long legacy of success. And fathers are graduating from here, from their experience here and look back fondly on it and, and the success. And they want that uh, for their sons, regardless of the of the spiritual aspect. And, and that's what makes BYU such a special place to coach as well. Is it, you know, there's a, there's a strong tradition here that we get to inherit and be a part of. And then I just want to ask you a little bit about Isaiah Heron. I know you don't coach him, you know, directly, but you recruited him and you, you kind of found him out of Las Vegas, if I remember right. Uh, how proud of you are you of him and what he's done? And also did it take some talking into to keep him when he entered the tra- entered the transfer portal and then came back? Um, yeah, great questions. Uh, yeah, so Isaiah, I, yeah, I was uh, Isaiah's first offer. Um, I have a really good relationship with his high school coach, and um, and and yeah, I, I can remember when it, we when I first met Isaiah and offered him on the spot. Uh, watched him run around a little bit and uh, was able to just make the offer right there that day. And, um, yeah, so any, any time that there's a, there's a handful of players on our team that that's the situation, you know, where, it, where a, as a coach you make that first offer and you can see the joy and the wonderment and uh, the, the dreams kind of flash across the face of the young man. And, and so to see that at that time, to be able to remember that, um, and then over the years to develop a relationship and see him go through ups and downs. And, and it's just part of college and part of growing up. And, you know, there's not, not a lot of growth that occurs without struggle. And he's had his struggles here and he's had his triumphs. And right now he's just on such a hot streak and um, has learned from, from things in the past that he wants to be, you know, that he wanted to improve on, on and off the field. And I'm, I'm so proud of him right now. So, so happy to see him every day, the attitude that he brings, the leadership that he brings and, what he's bringing to the field. It's, uh, I think it, I think it really transcends not just through the whole defensive backfield, but the whole team. The, uh, the, the question you had about the transfer portal, you know, I'm really, uh, it, it, I've always 
had a, a good relationship of trust with uh, Isaiah, and that's what I wanted to keep. And we had a pretty lengthy conversation when he made that decision. And I said that I was 100% in support of his decision. I don't believe in trying to talk guys into staying. I wouldn't do that as a, in, in any type of business. And I, I don't want people here that aren't 100% sure that they want to be here. And so I think that what that did, that afforded him the time. And uh, it was about uh, just, you know, I don't know, it seemed like to me five or 10 days later that uh, I got a call back from him where he appreciated the support and, and encouragement and had second thoughts and wanted to know if we would consider taking him back. And um, absolutely, of course, we're in this until the end for him.